Everybody, welcome back. This is Anthony. There's Davion. So we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to actually do what we call our origin stories. Every hero has an origin. Every villain has an origin, to be honest. That's true. Both of them <laughs> so, have origins. So we're going to take our time to help you all get to know us a little bit better. So we're going to uh, take turns asking each other some questions about just understanding where our journey for anime has begun, understanding who we are through anime. So I'm going to ask Davion some questions. He's going to have fun. You're going to get to know who he is. Start with the first one. Okay. So, Davion, what was the first anime you watched? Mm, that's a that's a good question. You know, I was talking to my cousin um, Chris about this uh, uh, not too long ago, and I think technically the first anime that I watched was Pokemon. Maybe it was <laughs> Digimon, right? But okay. I didn't. I don't think that I recognized those as anime until a bit later. So I'm going to say that the first anime that I watched and that I recognized that I knew that I was watching anime was Inuyasha on Adult Swim. Okay. That's I like, I knew that there was something different about it. I was like, wait, this like hits a little different. This ending theme is hitting hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just a different type of cartoon. And I came to to know it a couple of weeks in as, as anime and then really kind of digging into the genre after I started watching some Inuyasha. That's a banger right there. It is. So what do you think makes a great anime and why? Mm, okay. Um, it, I, you know, I, th I think that anime has uh, many different facets. And so when I watch an anime, if one of these, I'm going to name like four or five things, one of these four or five things kind of stands out to me, I, I, I think of it as being great. So one, definitely kind of characters and character development. Right. And so you think about the the arc of I just talked about Inuyasha and Sashomaru, right? Like you have a, a bunch of dynamic characters who who grow over time, who, you know, they have their 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 faults, they have their their quirks, they have their kind of, you know, maybe they're a little weird or they have something that they have to get over. And eventually they do, or maybe they don't, right? And they and they fall because of some distinguishing character trait, right? Um, so definitely characters i think i think a lot about the the story and the story arc right like there's some anime that, that have really great characters um but the story kind of stinks or you know just anime where the the story is amazing but the but the characters kind of fall flat or an anime that has great potential and it just doesn't kind of follow through with, with the story so one that comes to mind is um that has some really great characters and the story doesn't doesn't follow through is Claymore. You remember Claymore? Mm. I got to pause for a second. Just a moment of silence for Teresa, the face smile, dude. Teresa Will you show me smile. that? <laughs> I was so mad. I was heated. heated. I, couldn't, I couldn't even watch the rest of the anime. I was just like, this, this, it was so unjust <laughs> it was so unjust it was so unjust <laughs> teresa the like space smile probably, we only saw 10 percent of her power, power. <laughs> never saw her full potential and we knew she could have wrecked anybody right right God. yeah so it's so it's funny right because i i didn't accept the, the anime right because the story fell so flat after after that and it's a pivotal moment in the anime but after that they they deviated from the manga a ton and so I decided to read the manga and you actually get to see later on Teresa unleash her, her full might 
and it, it's remarkable. So um, there was a little bit of a redemption there, but you know, the anime, I don't know why they decided to in the anime in the way that they did, but it was, it was really bad. But yeah, so story characters, I would also say music. Music is a really big aspect of, of the show for me, or just kind of sound. It's, it's so, you know, the, it, music evokes feeling and evokes emotion, right? It makes you feel a certain way. And there have been times where there was maybe um, a song that was played in an anime or maybe the music was, was super dope, but I would go back and watch it without sound and it just feels different. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is just, just such a crucial part uh, of an anime. So one that comes to mind and this, this anime is coincidentally, I guess, about music in a certain regard is your line April. And so um, your line April is about this boy who is a piano prodigy. And after his mother passes away, he, he likes, he stops playing music. And then there's this girl who ends up encouraging him to play music again and so it's it's a great anime um and and the music is, is great they have a lot of classical music in there and the original soundtrack music is, is is awesome too so that anime i think a lot of folks who've watched that it evokes a lot of emotions and i think part of that is because of the music that is um inserted into the anime mm -hmm. and i think finally what makes a really great anime there might be another thing that, I, that I'm missing and then I'll circle back, but I would say that the animation, right? Like, like anime is, is, is animation. That's probably one of the biggest pieces because within animation, there are things that you simply cannot do in, in real life television or, or real life movies, right? And so that's why when you have all of these, you know, live action adaptations of Dragon Ball Z or Death Note even, or you know, Demon Slayer or, or whatever, right? It falls flat because there's just so much more that you can do, right? You can fit so many more frames per second in animation, so much more than a live action. And so it makes it more dynamic. Right. So, like, yeah. I, I, I just want to say something on that point because with uh, Netflix is, is churning out a bunch of, you know, adaptations and they're coming out with the One Piece adaptation. I told you I was going to dive into that in a minute, just out of respect before they yeah. ruin, they, they, I don't want Netflix to have the first, you know, impression on me with their anime. Right. But just thinking about like the, the kind of stretching and the, the ability to just distort everything that anime can do. Like Luffy, right. I can't imagine Luffy in a live action setting looking anywhere as cool as he would look in anime form so exactly i'm bracing myself for what that looks like i mean i hope they give their best effort but it cannot match the anime it's impossible it can't it can't i mean like you think about the 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 you know some of the fighting sequences in naruto or in dragon ball z or yu yu Hakusho. how do you do that in live action right just <laughs> to replicate how fast that they're going right that, that can be done in live action. So, you know, the animation plays a, a, a really key component to what makes this genre so so rich and so beautiful, right? And the color palette and the color schemes, right? And, 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 and everything, right? The, the simple art form is amazing. So I love Miyazaki films and I love that what he does in a lot of different frames or scenes where they're actually really, um, I don't know, they're like really messy, 
Like there are these scenes where he fits a lot of super minute details in in a single frame. And I think about like Howl's Moving Castle where like, I don't know, it was like a bookshelf or something like that. And it was just like really messy and there was a lot of shit in it and like flasks and things like that. He does that in in all of his movies. Um, There's at least a a few dozen frames that are just like really busy. And again, that's, that's hard to do in in live action i also think about another one of my favorite directors probably my favorite director makoto shinkai so he was the director of your name and um five meters five centimeters per second five centimeters per second he has another one coming out pretty soon Um, and uh, the other one is called weathering with you and so what he usually does is he goes around and takes like pictures of landscapes across japan and then he overlays that with art so it looks like very realistic and it's it's super Mm -hmm. cool what he does with that and so again just that sort of that that beauty that creativity it's not it's just not the same in in live action right Um, yeah i get you and and then yeah so yeah well i'll just let you go in because you already kind of started anyway with some of your favorites but like what's your top five favorite anime just favorites yeah just top favorites and tell me why actually you know what yeah. Top five of your favorites that represent something about you. That yeah. represent something about me. Yeah. Okay. I think I know one on the list already. You probably do. You probably do. I don't think. Yeah. You won't be surprised. I, I think by at least one of them. It was funny. I was talking, I was talking to my cousin about this and I think that when I, when I think about what are five anime that, that represent me, they may be a bit different than what I think are the best anime that I've mm-hmm. seen. And it may be a bit different than, you know, what my, you know, all-time favorite anime is. I, and, and I say that because, you know, I think that there are just different parts and pieces about anime that may, you know, stick to you and they may call to you for different reasons at different times in your life. But let's see. I think, hmm, and we've talked about this before, but I'll probably say Gundam Double O. It's probably something is, was one in particular that really speaks to me or says something about me. And by extension, I, I would say the Gundam franchise. One, I love Mecha. That's probably that's that's probably one of my favorite genres of, of anime. There was a point in time I wanted to be a Gundam pilot. Mm. <laughs> I still not too do. late. It's, I know it's, it's not we too got the late. Space Force. They might build a Gundam uh, in the next ten years. They might. They might. But I, I think just kind of the, the overarching theme of, of, trying, of, of trying to understand one another, of seeking empathy, of evolving. We talked, about, we talked about that before, too, of thinking about what is the next stage in, in human evolution are all things that I, that I naturally think about. You know, I, I, we live in a world right now that's pretty, that's pretty crazy, right, where, you know, there's a lot of violence across our country, across the world. And Gundam, despite always centering war, right? The overall, the the message is let's come to a peaceful resolution, right? It's always characters who are fighting for peace, right? Or characters who who try not to kill other people. And so, you know, I I really love Gundam because of that. And um, Gundam Double O in particular, because of, it really kind of walks you through how, the the main Gundam pilot Setsuna Fse, who's Middle Eastern, which was a pretty big deal at the time. How he how he evolves into 
you know, what they call in the series, um, an innovator. And so I thought, I thought that was really cool and something that I always wanted to do and always aspire to and, and trying to understand other people, trying to increase my empathy, trying to be compassionate for others and hopefully using those skill sets to ultimately have better, more in-depth conversations with humans or other life forms in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's what, I, so that's what I would say. So it's like, I want to, I want to talk to aliens. I want to explore space. And Satsuna ultimately does that. He like, he leaves in his Gundam to, 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 uh, I guess, be like the ambassador for, for humanity with another species. Mm. And Star then, Trek. yeah, kind of like Star Trek. And then he like, yeah, it's, it's super, it's super dope. So that, that's probably, that's probably one. The next one, I'll probably say Wolf's Frame. I expected that to pop up as soon. <laughs> yeah, wolf. Yeah, wolf train. So, wolf train is about these these wolves and kind of post apocalyptic Earth, who are um, trying to to find paradise, and so they they go around, you know, amongst humans disguised as humans, using some sort of like. Um, you know, magic or, or spell kind of disguising themselves. But yeah, super dope anime. You have uh, Kiba, who's this, you know, white wolf, who's kind of dogged about the, you know, finding paradise, utilizing this, this humanoid form of, of a flower named Ch- Cheza. Yeah, no, it's, it's a super dope anime. I, it was one of, it was probably one of the first um, anime that I also watched, again, on, on Adult Swim, but it still resonates with me even now. 15, 16, 17 years later after I first watched it. And I would say that this probably resonates a lot with me because I, I love wolves, <laughs> number one. That's, that's probably one of an, an animal that I identify with the most. And not necessarily because of like the, the, lone, the lone wolf motif, because wolves really aren't lone. They're, they're actually very family and pack oriented. They, they look out for each other a ton and you, you kind of see that with, with the wolves that, that come together. They are, they're very much a pack and they are very much kind of singularly focused on achieving their goal. And I really resonate with that as I think about like my professional career and just how, how I've gotten to be where I am today. And I would, I would consider myself successful. And, and I think that, um, these wolves kind of embody the the kind of drive that um, I've always tried to have as I pursue my goals, whatever they may be. Cool. Dang, is that only two? Okay, I got three. It is two. You got three more. Three more. Three more. Okay. I would probably say, okay, I got one. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Digimon. <laughs> for, for That's that. a good one. I th- yeah, I'm going to say Digimon, probably the... Um, the original, the first season in particular. And that's because... What's the name of that one Digimon? The one... Mashta! <laughs> Which one was that? <laughs> that, was in, uh, that was in Digimon Data Squad. And I think the Digimon's name was Galmon. Yeah, I think that was it. But yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a funny season. Because they, like, they, like, they were like police officers, the, oh. <laughs> the, the Digimon and their partners. But I, I think the the thing that like, that speaks to me a lot and you know the uh, they kind of rebooted the first season of digimon in 2020 it was really good it was definitely worth a watch but i would say that because of you know one of my best friends but another one that i have is a dog named sophie 
<laughs> and so like when I think about like their their bonds the Digimon and their bonds with their Digimon partners and the adventures that they go through and the, and the growth that they that they have together I think about that in my dog and so you know Sophie's been around now for 10 years I think she's an old girl now but yeah no I I, I really kind of love that that companionship and and something that I really appreciate it and love about my relationship with my dog. I feel like she's helped me grow a lot and change as a person a, a ton. Definitely shouldn't have been getting a, a dog when I was a junior in college, but hey, that's all <laughs> water under the bridge now. It's supposed to be a cat, but it's all good. Right. it was supposed to be a cat. It was supposed <laughs> to be a cat. And that's a different story, but but you fell in love. She chose you. So right. Right. Exactly. That's what happens. You get <laughs> she chose you. Uh she chose me rather. So yeah, so I, I would probably say that. And then it's really funny. Um, Which one just crossed your mind there? One that just crossed my mind was Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I, I think I've seen clips and I know that title for sure. Yeah, no, it's you know, it's about this these two kids, or actually it's like four or five of them. I believe they're in they're in high school and they all have chunibyo complex it's really funny but that's not that's not one of the that's not one of the that's not one of my five i would probably say i'll go i'll go ahead and say um Odeka seven i'll say that and I'll, I'll say that because of the the romance piece of it, because when I've watched that, I was movie, hoping you bring in that part. I was waiting I was for gonna, that to be number I was four. Gonna, something about romance. Yes, it was kind of yes. I, it, it's I was I was going back and forth on it, and and the reason why I was going back and forth is because it it's also another mecha anime, which was it's not a, a bad thing. But I was trying to see if I could deviate from that a little bit. But it's primarily going to be the romance piece, and what I talked about earlier. The music piece and so music is a huge part of that anime series and probably i think in my opinion one of the best kind of soundtracks that goes with um in, in anime i think it, it captures something really cool there um it's definitely a throwback even for the for the time i think it came out like early 2000s and even then it was kind of referencing a lot of music in like the 90s and sometimes the 80s and stuff it was it was really cool but there is one of the one of the theme songs i i think it's called like young boy's heart in in mm -hmm. the in, in the anime and i think that that anime um really speaks to my younger self my the the kind of childlike qualities that i still <laughs> that i still have and how i think about love and how i think about not necessarily relationships but just the 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 lightheartedness of, of it all you know, i i have a wife and i i love her to to bits and pieces and i'm just a different person with her and i feel like i'm a, i'm still a kid with her at times you know we're very playful and and i think some of that anime captures that even though it is very serious at times and it has some really deep themes and i and that's also a part of me too where i think that anime does a really good job of having showing this boy grow up into a young person or a young man um and, and that development right and how his perception of the world around him and his perception of love and, and and relationships develops over time and i think those are all things that i saw myself go through and i still am going through as i'm kind of 
figuring out how to become an adult. And the adults in that series too, they all go through that. They're all trying to figure out like, what does it mean to be adult and raising and helping raise like these two kids in the midst of kind of global calamity, right? Which is something that we all could, I think, relate to with climate change and things like that going on now. And then the last piece, I would, it, it's going to be Shinsekai Yori. That was, that was easy. I, already, I knew that that was going to be in the top five. And, and that's primarily going to be because of the, I don't know, the first 15 episodes. And in particular, I'm going to say because of the, because of the character Shun is, is why I identify with that the most. And I think Shinsekai Yori does a really great job of capturing or really talking about mental health in, in, a, in a really unique way. And so Shinsekai Yori is about these, there's four kids, right? Or there's or is there five of them? There's, yeah, I think it starts off as, I would say four. I think it's four, yeah. Yeah, these four kids who all have telekinetic abilities for the most part, right? Cantus, yeah. yeah Cantus, called Cantus. And they, they live in a village and it's just about them kind of growing up and, and utilizing their powers. But as the series goes on, like the kids start to disappear. And then there is this, this other conflict with their life. What do they call it? The queer rats. Right. Uh, the, don't, the, don't spoil it. But I know. Um, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that there's conflict with them. That's all. That's yeah. The all conflict. The, the, yeah. The conflict is largely dependent. Uh, I mean, the title Shinta Kayori means from the new world. So this is human beings start to develop telekinetic powers in the, in the near future. And then society has to evolve around the, the new abilities and also the, the pitfalls of the new abilities mm-hmm. and start to kind of establish a new society to, to exist and, right. and kind of put boundaries and, you know, create a safe place for people to, to exist in this new world with these new abilities. And there's all kind of stuff happening around those things and the, the choices that humanity has made in order to survive in the new future. It's fascinating, fascinating mystery. Exactly. And so, you know, there's, so there's actually five of them. There's five of them. Okay. Five. Uh, and yeah, so so Shun, you know, one of the one of the main protagonists, I, I guess he he basically suffers from from mental illness, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something that I personally have, have dealt with in in the past, and something that I continue to to deal with on a, on a daily basis. It's not it's it's something that doesn't go away, but it's something that I've struggled with and struggle with, and this particular character does it in the series, and so I think just watching that and watching how his his illness affects himself and then um, transforms like kind of the world around him was something that felt very real to me yeah. um, in that twisted world. Now, it's interesting you frame it like that because that's exactly what it is. In the reality distortion around him is, is is interesting too. That it's not just it becomes a bigger thing, you know. Right. It affects everybody in his vicinity, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Right. No. That's uh, any more you want to say about that? I don't want to interrupt you. No. Um. Yeah. No. Just that. And then you know, I I, I believe I said this in, in one of the other episodes, but it does also center the question of like, what does it mean to be human, and who is granted humanhood and 
any anime that deals with that question, I'm going to love, I'm going to like a lot. And I think that that is one of the central questions um, of the anime. So that, that's why I love it. Excellent. All right. So let's, let's, let's knock out a few rapid fire ones. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite genre? Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Who's your favorite character? I'll say Karma Akabane from Assassination Classroom. Okay. What's your favorite opening theme? The the first opening theme from um, from My Hero Academia. Called The Day by Porno Graffiti. All right. Favorite ending? The second ending theme from Inuyasha Deep Forest, Fukai Mori. <laughs> <laughs> Crush or waifu? Ooh. Uh, Oh, the waifu. I'm going to say, um, I just switched right now in my, in my head. I was going to say somebody, but I'm going to say Asuna from Sword Art Online. Okay. And what's your favorite world to live in? Oh, crap. Uh, I probably want to live in, in Hunter Hunter. Hmm. Superpower. Telekinesis. Okay. And then we said we list your top five favorites. What is your best? What is the best anime of all time? The best anime of all time? Yes. You know, I I think that I'm gonna say two different things, but I I think that the first 12 episodes of Sword Runner Online is one of the best 12 episodes, first 12 episodes I've ever seen. Mm. Like I wish it ended when it like after that first arc. I think like that would have been perfect. But I, I think that the best anime. I will never forget. He, he's Krifu, like, immortal, <laughs> he, immortal object. <laughs> he, <laughs> I was like, dude, what? <laughs> that was that first one. It was so good. He it had good. he had love. Was, People were dying. It was it had an unclear ending. It was dope. It was really cool. It was really good. And it was, was relevant too. People live like that. Some people, people exactly. Man. People give their lives over to video games. There's a new video game, Elden Ring, out that I wanted to play, yes. but I'm scared because I'm like, dude, I might lose 15 hours of my you're, life not eating. You're gonna, you're gonna lose more than that. More than that. That's the right. That's the beginning, at least. Right, like, and <laughs> right, and you know, I I think that all the things outside of that, those first 12 episodes, people give that anime a lot of flack. But what it does really well is it deals with the repercussions of of you know i was at one point in time augmented reality but also um um virtual reality and kind of deep dive and like what would it mean if we were actually you know spent yeah. the vast majority of our time in virtual reality right and the repercussions of that right like it deals with a lot of that really really well i i think that that anime is it, it may not be as good as a lot of people think it is. Like there's a huge, really cult-like fan base of, of Sword Art and I'm, like I'm all there for it. But I think on the other end, people are a bit too critical, I think, of, of that anime. And it may be kind of trying to juxtapose the, you know, the fanboys and girls and, you know, for it. Yeah, but yeah. I think, was, yeah, I think they got critical because it got weird after that first arc and then you go into like the fairy tale stuff and then you got like mm -hmm. Asuna who is a powerful character. She just becomes like this damsel in distress for right. no reason. And exactly. Just, and then he exactly. also like the weird part with his sister. I don't know if that's with his cousin, sister, sister. Or cousin yeah. or whatever that is. There's some like legitimate criticisms that there from are. a standpoint don't make any sense and I'm just like, what is happening? It, it, it doesn't. Like that, the fairy tale arc is, is kind of bad. Like I, I wish that that didn't exist. The gun game online arc is pretty good and then um the the alicization the, the arc that just got dead not too long ago it's pretty good too so 
it's really just kind of the fairy tale arc. <laughs> that's that's not that's not very good. The other ones are at least decent. Um, and then again, that first arc is is fantastic. I think one of the best anime that is out there that I've seen is probably um, Berserk. It's probably one of the the best anime. It's oh, probably Bers- one of the yeah. <laughs> Yes, Berserk, like those, um, especially those three movies, like, yeah, that's probably some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Like that blew me away. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know anime could be like that. Yeah. And even at that point in time, I had watched a a lot of really good stuff. I had watched, you know, I've been blown away before, but yeah, I feel like that was another kind of turning point uh, (laughs) in terms of best anime. Yeah, probably Berserk. Attack on Titans kind of getting up there too, but I have some criticisms of that. But I don't have any about Berserk. It's a masterpiece. Rest in yeah. peace to the creator. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's dope. Well, that sounds good. We rounded out your your um, your session. Yeah. Sounds like we, we got a good good sense of who you are through the anime. And I got some ideas from stuff you said that I want to kind of talk about too. because. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, folks, I encourage you to go watch those anime or revisit them if you've seen them before. We would also love to know what your five anime are. So the ones, those five that kind of speak to you, and we'll figure out a way for you to to let us know what those are probably on social media. But yeah, thanks for for tuning in and listening to, to my origin story or stories. And we'll do a little bit more of this next time. Awesome. See you guys.